I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place where Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is now Tuesday, March the 12th. Um, I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've ever recorded two episodes of the podcast two days in a row that will go out two days in a row. We've done a, we've definitely done a thing where we recorded two episodes at once and then done something weird with it. But, um, you know, episode 301, I guess we have to, you know, break the mold a little bit. Um, hopefully everybody sounds okay. If not, it's not my fault. Um, we're going to talk about the ACC tournament, um, an event that is getting going. We, before we actually got a chance to talk about it, apparently teams were eliminated. And I, as I said on Twitter just a while ago, I always feel bad for the mascots that have to stick around whatever the city is all week, you know, getting up to these planned, you know, hijinks, even though their teams have already lost and they've been gone for days. I always feel bad for them. Um, let's go around and introduce everybody up in Fishersville. David Spence has decided that after 300 episodes, he, all right, fine. He'll stay on the show. How are you, buddy? <laughs> hey, man, third contract. We're rolling. Um, <laughs> hey, man, I don't feel too bad for the mascots because the old Cavalier hung out many, many years after we got beat <laughs> in the quarterfinals. So they can earn their keep. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. And up in Arlington, staff writer Justin Ferber is also on the program. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I am packing as we speak for a trip to the Queen City. For I think my fifth ACC tournament, um, so fired up, ready to go, and I don't have to watch Georgia Tech or Wake Forest, and probably not Boston College, so that's good too. Uh, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter and Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner, great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Uh, we will not be doing a super duper 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 in depth. Um, wow, that was a lot of dupers. Uh, in depth show mainly because we we don't know the exact you know, order of the field. We're, we're going to talk loosely about some of the matchups we expect. And especially, you know, on Virginia's side, this is a, a spoiler alert, this is a UVA podcast. Um, but um, we're, we're going to talk about a little bit of everything as well as what UVA's draw looks like. I, I think the place I want to start is this. There seems to be every year a little bit of a conversation around what UVA should, how UVA should or should not handle the ACC tournament. And, and really what that comes down to for a lot of people is like, oh, losing in the ACC tournament is okay because then it, prepare, it, it then you're better rested for the NCAA tournament. My guess is, is to old school ACC guys like yourselves, you're not going to abide this nonsense. But then again, at various points in this podcast, I have been, not this specific episode, but the, the run of the show, I have been surprised. Dave, it, would you, is it blasphemy? <laughs> to you to not compete hard for the ACC tournament championship or would you like to see UVA just sort of woe it up a little bit and take an L and, and get ready for uh for for the next for the big one hey can you guarantee me that taking an L means we do better in the NCAA tournament no you can't so you know you play the games in front of you and you, you play them to win um I know there's some stat I read the other day and I can't remember who put it out that like the there's some absurd number of the last few teams that made the that won the ACC title had made the Final Four. Um, and it went back a ways. And, um, you know, the last two ACC teams to make a Final Four or win a championship did not make the final of the ACC tournament. So that's a little weird considering I don't think the ACC tournament is any more grueling than it used to be. I mean, it's longer, but the prom teams, they're still playing the same number of games, right? I mean, you're just not coming from no one from Tuesdays made it to the to the final, um, so that is a little strange. I, I don't know that it's a a sign that winning the ACC tournament takes a lot out of you more than it does just the teams who want it hit some tough matchups and um, along the way. So for me, like with no guarantee that 
losing provides anything, I do think it's kind of blasphemous not to want to win it. Um, I mean, the ACC is still the ACC. I mean, I don't see SEC football teams saying, hey, I don't really care about the SEC championship if we're going to make the playoff, you know. Um, you you win you win your conference, and then you win about worry about the big one. Now, you're right. It's not going to change national perception to win the ACC tournament because I can tell you what's going to happen is we win it. It's going to be, well, it doesn't matter. It's an NCAA tournament. If we lose it, it's going to be, see, that's why they can't win in the postseason. So prepare to be upset, UVA fans. <laughs> what do you think, Ferber? Do you, I, I'm, I'm guessing that you are, you're of a sound, uh, of, a, of a like mind, but what, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, it shows you kind of how far the program's come that we could even have this conversation. I mean, five, six years ago, if I said that, this or you said this, it would have been, you know, blasphemy. Um, UVA was just trying to get to the semis back then, let alone win, you know, the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't think that it really – I don't think you can prove that – like, I don't think the UMBC loss was because it had anything to do with them playing three games in Brooklyn. And you get plenty of time off after that. Um, it's not like – I don't think there's, like, a huge carryover. And we've seen it go both ways. We Like Dave said, I mean, we've seen teams like Duke 2015 losing the quarterfinals and then win the whole thing. Or I think they might have lost in the semis. Um, and North Carolina did the same thing in 2017. And then you see teams like UConn, you know, go on these runs where they win four or five games in their conference tournament and then carry it over into the big dance. Or I think Michigan did that last year in the big 10. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't think there's like one way to do it. Um, you don't necessarily need the bid. So, I mean, like if you drop out early, like, um, you know, maybe, you know, you take advantage of those extra days off, but I don't think that's anything you should try to, like, strive for. Um, I think that the ACC tournament is special. Um, it's, I think, one of the longest-running ones in college basketball. I think it's probably the most important to the fan bases of the teams of any of the big league tournaments, um, outside of maybe the Big East to the old Big East teams, because, I mean, that had some cachet, you know, back before the – you know, realignment happened, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's, it's an important thing to win. And I think, uh, you know, I think teams take it seriously. The players certainly do. Um, the, the celebration and, and the, everything else that comes with the ACC tournament seems real. I mean, it doesn't feel like, you know, when, when somebody wins that it's just like another, eh, yeah, whatever, put the banner up. It's a celebrated thing. And I think it's something to try to go out and win. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. I, 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 I don't know how many ACC tournaments this is for me. Did I go? I'm, I've gone. I must have gone every year. I think there was one, the first Brooklyn one, maybe I skipped. Yeah, I didn't go to the first Brooklyn um, year. But, it. I mean, look, I still get butterflies going to the ACC tournament. And maybe that's because I grew up in ACC country. The ACC tournament was a big deal. Yeah, they rolled the cart out, you know, the AV cart uh, with the um, with the coax and everything to watch the games when I was in school. Um, I I can see it. Like I can, I can understand how like the NCAA tournament is kind of like this carrot, right? And it's out there, and you're you're sort of focused on it. And I can also understand how people think that the ACC tournament is sort of a bonus. Uh, in in actuality, I think it's both, right? You, if you're good, you should be able to to compete. I think in the ACC tournament, make it to the championship if you're if you're if you're lucky enough, good enough, however you want to phrase it, and then get to the next level. And I mean, in this specific tournament. In, it's in Virginia's best interest in terms of the NCAA's to play well in, in Charlotte, right? Because the better you play in Charlotte, the more chance you have at that number one seed in the East, which means playing potentially your um, your second weekend in Washington, D.C., as opposed to 
you know, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, which I don't know about any of you guys, but I would much rather go to D.C. Ferber certainly would because, you know, we could just <laughs> we could just hop in an Uber and get to the game. Um, so let's talk about this draw. So the t- it seems like to me Virginia, the odds on favorite to win the, the event um, the big question mark is Zion Williamson, and I don't. We're not going to turn the UVA podcast into to Zion one hundred and one, right? We're not going to, you know, we're not going to pull the ESPN thing. But I do think, in terms of the storylines for this specific event, to me, it's one. Um, what happens with NC State Clemson because they are the two teams that seem to be the most on the bubble, um, and then for seeding purposes, it's Virginia, Carolina, and Duke. Who who comes out on top among those three? Who's who basically goes to Selection Sunday with the best? Uh, resume and in terms of you know whether it's a number one seed whether it's uh two number one seeds th- maybe potentially three who knows Ferber, i'm going to go back to you um because i i, I have a different version of the question i want to a- ask dave as you look at this event what has to happen in your mind for uva to be the number one in the east what what's the bare minimum that uva needs to do and actually have help so like for example if uva were to lose its first game what what does UVA need from everybody else in order to still be the one in the East? Uh, I think, I mean, for that to happen, and we, and for the record, we don't know that UVA is the one in the East. Um, and I just want people to, to remember that because we don't know how much the committee is going to um, take into account the Zion injury, right? So UVA could get to the final and lose to Duke or beat Duke in the final and still go to the South. I don't know. Um, I'm not saying that's likely, but you can't really rule it out. They don't come right out and tell us like what they're doing. We're just kind of guessing. Um, I think if UVA wins the ACC tournament, they're probably going to be the number one seed in the East. I don't really see anything around that. Um, if they fall short, I think what you don't want is you don't want Duke to win. Um, I don't think Carolina can pass UVA in terms of resume unless they win the ACC tournament and UVA loses in the quarterfinals to Clemson or something. Um, and Carolina just obliterates everybody on the way there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not really. Uh, I, it's hard to say. I mean, you don't want to lose early. I think if they beat Clemson, they're in a really good spot. Um, but after that, it's kind of like who knows. Um, I think that if they play Duke in the final, that it kind of opens things up a little bit more. But if Carolina beats Duke in the semis, I think UVA is probably in a good spot. Now, the reason I wanted to ask that differently, Dave, is because I know that you hate Duke, right? And you hate Duke with the passion of, of twelve sons. We've we've covered that on this podcast. You you are I very I would I would imagine you are you are in very good company right now. The folks who probably listen to the show, many of them agree with you. Um, they yeah. probably didn't like it when Ty Jerome said on episode three hundred that he grew up watching Duke and Carolina and like liking them both. We all did. Um, we don't. We all did. Um, we're not we're not going to get into those ghosts in the closet. Um, so, all right. How much? What's what's your perfect scenario, Dave? UVA wins the ACC tournament, beats I'm guessing somebody who beat Carolina. Like, what's <laughs> what's your what's your best case scenario in this event? I mean, perfect scenario. You know, I, I'd like to beat NC State in the first round. Then I want to beat Virginia Tech like a drum in this. In you know, um, then get preferably Duke. Um, with Zion and them having dominated the first two games with him back 
and then beating them. So um, you would actually like to play Duke with Zion in the championship. So in your perfect scenario, yeah, but you're asking me if, you're I, not... if I'm making stuff up. Yeah, I want to win. It kind of sounds. Way. It kind of sounds like Duke, he wants like Zion and, and Duke to play in UMBC jerseys and UVA to beat him by fifty or something. <laughs> like, no, I mean like like I mean, if there's a way you go to an ACC tournament that's going to give you the best outcome. Um, okay, well, that's beating fair. NC State just because you're in Carolina. Anytime you beat a Carolina okay. team in Carolina is good. Um, beating Virginia Tech because it's either Tech or Florida State, pretty much. Would you know, assuming Tech beats Miami, um, you know, which I, I think they should. Um, you know, beating Tech is always good. That'd be the third time this year. And then, like you know, beating either one of those teams, Carolina or Duke, in the championship are good. But I think you know, especially if if Zion's back and Duke is showing, hey, you know, they've played well with them, and you get, you know, there's a thought that maybe maybe the NCAA committee is going to be like, look. They are a different team without them, and then you smack them in the final. See, I'm just that is the perfect scenario. I am see here's this is this is really interesting because sometimes in football you go the opposite way with this potential question, which when and what the reason I say that is because you it's not necessarily that you won't still pick UVA to win, but you will want UVA to have the easier path. What you just outlined is the more difficult, right? You've got them having to play the tougher of the two teams in the first on Thursday. You've got them having to play Tech again and beat them again, which would be the third time. And then you got them playing Duke with Zion in the championship game. I kind of expected you to be like, yeah, I want... No, uh, you asked my ideal scenario. Like, in my ideal scenario, we're winning all those games. I mean... Well, wait, how does ideal scenario differ from what I literally just asked you? Like, I expected <laughs> no, you to be like, Georgia is. Tech, I mean, excuse me, Notre Dame beats Louisville and then somehow beats Carolina and then somehow beats uh, beats uh, Duke or whatever. So now you're no, playing them in the championship game. Would be us beating all four of those teams. You know, um, yeah, all three of those teams. But, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a preference between Clemson and NC State. Um, they're both going to be... Yeah, they're both going to be tired and they're going to get Virginia who's going to wear you down by the second half. So, yeah. Um, and also there might be some factor in there of, hey, you know, we won this play in game that everybody keeps calling it, you know, yeah. def- like the pressure's off now sort of thing. That's you know? a fair point. Let's let's talk yeah, about I, mean, I, I think of the two NC State's probably a little more dangerous. I would agree um, with that. I, w- they can hit the three. I wonder about NC State on such little rest. Right. Uh, playing the stop. I mean, like, look, they're going to have to play another game less than 24 hours after they finish the one that they just played. It it makes sense to me that they might not necessarily they don't have the um, they don't have the quality depth, let's say, to to be able to go out and be who they are on day two when they were on day one. Um, that was a that was a really I mean, they were physical as hell uh, in that game in Raleigh. If if I'm looking at it from UVA's point of view, I want Clemson. Because um, Clemson is not necessarily. I mean, I understand that that get game in uh, Little John was was tight until Jay Huff showed up, and then it was a blowout. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would want to risk playing NC State, but I also think NC State is the better of the two teams, and certainly would make for the better of uh, of the uh, a better game. Let's say. Um, what do you guys expect from NC State and Clemson, Ferber? Let's start with you. What do you, what's your what's your crystal ball? Your your Ferber, uh, your famous gut instinct. What does it tell you about that one? Um, these games kind of get weird. These eight nine games, UVA often has to play the winner of them. Um, I my brain is telling me that NC State is a little better than them, and they both need it bad. Um, the first game, the regular season game, was a, a Clemson collapse. I mean, they were up like eight with a minute left and lost on a buzzer beater. Um, so I don't know if there's a ton of like separation between them as they play each other. I think UVA would be better off playing Clemson. 
just stylistically. Um, I, I don't really – I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be like a really hard-fought game because they both really need to win it. I kind of think Clemson's going to win just because NC State has been so inconsistent lately. Uh, you know, losing to Georgia Tech at home and then beating the crap out of Boston College. Like, I don't really know what they are. Whereas Clemson, it, it seems like they're kind of starting to – be a little bit more consistent, you know, than they were in the middle of the season. They, they beat Syracuse at home. That was a big win. Um, so, I mean, I think that, I think they'll get it done. I think it'll be a really toss up sort of game that'll come down in the last few possessions. And really, I think, I think any, either result wouldn't really surprise me either way. Boston college is currently taking it on the chin um, from those Pittsburgh Panthers. That you yeah, they really me. fell apart. <laughs> you guys really gave me some crap for several weeks. I would love it if Pittsburgh, would somehow manage to upset Syracuse and make it to put all your money on Syracuse tomorrow now, folks. <laughs> yeah, really. All right. So, so Bray and Pitt stop, playing tomorrow. Stop, stop. Okay. It was a momentary lapse of reason. There was another Brad, an evil Brad, and I killed him. All right. All right. So that's game one, technically game four, but we're not playing by the ACC's rules. That's game one tomorrow. Game two would be Miami and Virginia Tech. I would expect Tech to win that game, even without Justin Robinson. I, I just don't think Miami is very good. Anybody got any doubts about Tech being able to handle Miami tomorrow? No. no I, mean, I, I think it'll be a close game for a while, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then we've got Notre Dame and Louisville in the nightcap. Hopefully, we're not there by the time this one tips. Um, I'm not sure. All right. I know Notre Dame's not good. I'm not trying to talk myself into picking Notre Dame in this game. I'm a little bit one. I'm a little bit interested, let's say to see what they can do in this game. Anybody else feeling any any potential upset vibes there, or do you think Louisville gets through? I, I could see it. Um, I wouldn't pick it, but Notre Dame, Mike Bray has a knack for, I mean, all jokes aside, he is a good coach. Um, oh, really? Oh, and, so now you're now you're willing to agree that he's a good coach. Okay, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Oh, no, I know, but I don't believe it was a good coach. I believe it was not, the best yeah, that's coach right. I did not, yeah, I said he was the, one of the There's, like, multiple Hall of Famers. I, see, I said, I think, I think of the way I phrased it was, I think he might be the best coach in the ACC. And then I was like, yeah, I said it, and now I've taken immense crap for it ever since. But anyway, continue to go. Right, yeah, that's cool. But, I mean, he, he he's a good coach, and he also has a knack for winning in this tournament. Uh, he won it one year. I think it was the second year there in the conference. Uh, he, uh, you know, they got, they made a little bit of a run last year when, but they got Bonzi back, but I think they got to the quarterfinals and then eventually just kind of ran into the wall against Duke. Uh, but I mean, he, he has a knack for kind of like getting it done in these ACC tournament games. Uh, I think they, they made it to another conference championship game in Brooklyn one of the years, but yeah, I mean, I think that it wouldn't be that crazy, but I'm not going to pick it just because these games so often favor the team that hasn't played the day before. And, I, and Louisville beat them pretty handily a couple weeks ago. Uh, so I think that it could go Notre Dame's way. I wouldn't be like totally shocked, especially considering how volatile that Louisville team can be. But I wouldn't pick it. I, I'd probably still go with the Cardinals. What about you, Dave? Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. I, I like the way Notre Dame, like, Notre Dame plays. You know, they haven't had a great season, but I still think Mooney's a good player. Um, ACC tournament, one player can carry you for, you know, for a little bit. Um, and I just, like, Louisville's just been in a weird funk lately, you know. Um, now they've had a little bit of extended time off and are, are coming to a neutral court, whereas, you know, look, there's not going to be a whole lot of Louisville or Notre Dame fans there. It's going to be a weird atmosphere. Um, I, I, I won't pick Notre Dame to win it, but I think it'll be a lot closer than, like I, I would give the seven and a half points. Um, you know, I would take the seven and a half points for sure. Okay. Yeah, I th- I do think Louisville played pretty well on Saturday in Charlottesville, and I thought that was a 
an encouraging sign for them. And I think Chris Mack after the game seemed pretty encouraged just because they had been so up and down and just had collapsed and they lost that game. But I mean, they lost to a really good team on the road and, and they were in the game the whole way. So I think that that was kind of good to see them kind of, you know, at least be competitive in a game. So in the nightcap of our um, old Big East meets uh, current ACC uh, um, extravaganza in Charlotte, um, Pittsburgh, Syracuse, I, is this the one game of the of the games tomorrow that seems the most, I mean, I guess technically if you want to call Clemson over NC State, I guess you could technically call that an upset. But is this the one that seems like it's the most upset likely, Pitt over Syracuse? What do you guys think? No. No. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> I, the reason I say that what, is the is the late night slot just the old Big East tournament? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it always feels like it's always like Syracuse and somebody, or, yeah. or Boston College yeah. and somebody. In that's those because late the spots. that's because the the classic ACC teams are just better at basketball. My column, but doesn't Syracuse have like a ridiculously bad record in the ACC tournament? Um, they've they've won one game or something. Yeah, like something that. like yeah. that. Yeah, it's not Louisville good. has Louisville. They won one last year. They beat you know they beat somebody whoever they played. And then they lost to Carolina in the second game. Carolina, if you remember, was a six seed last year and then made the final. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, Syracuse won like their Tuesday game and then they lost their second game. And and Louisville's had a very similar run. Really, Notre Dame's the only team that's done well in the conference True. tournament since Pitt. Pitt made that one run to the semifinals where they played UVA uh, in 2014, but that was it. I mean, that what was, was that and kid's that was name. What was that kid's name that was good for them? Whose name? Lamar Patterson. Yeah, Patterson. He was pretty good. And then they had the Talib Zana guy who had like 20 rebounds a game in that Yeah, that was crazy. Um, all right, uh, so. Yeah, they were good. Give me a pick. Pittsburgh or Syracuse, Ferber? Syracuse. I, I don't think Pitt's good enough to win two games in two days. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. All right, um, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you Pittsburgh or, or Syracuse? Uh, Syracuse by uh, lots of points. Okay, so I'm crazy. All right, well, we'll see. And, 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 and next time there, there's a podcast – you guys can give me crap if uh, if Pitt loses. But, you know, sometimes you just have to put yourself out there. You know what? Sometimes you just got to fight for what you believe in. That's what I learned from G.I. Joe. All right. Quarterfinals, first game, 1230 p.m. Virginia. We're assuming it's going to be NC State, I think, was the gist of our conversation. So let's assume it's going to be NC State. I, I don't necessarily worry about Virginia in this game against either team. Um, one of the reasons being, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, I think Virginia has done such a really good job this year. I don't know if it's staff changes or if they've switched up some responsibilities. I know it used to be Jason Williford, Ron Sanchez, and um, Brad Soderberg would, would basically rotate the scout. So one game for one assistant, next game for another assistant, next game, and they would rotate, right? Now it, it, I believe there, Williford is overseeing the scout, but that the, if I'm – and I hope I'm – phrasing this correctly but that Orlando Vandross and and Soderbergh are sort of handling different aspects of the scouts uh, and so I just think Virginia looks incredibly well prepared uh, more so than I can remember the Cavaliers being I think that's going to be a real advantage in this sort of situation now granted Virginia's played NC State they've played Clemson so that there's a lot of familiarity there um, I, I just I don't have any real worry about Virginia on Thursday Dave you are the more pessimistic of of our of our yes on the hand ring or pessimist I pick Virginia to win every game ever. <laughs> <laughs> you, no, you see. Here's the thing: you you worry yeah. about it, and then when it comes time to pick it, you just can't bring yourself to do it. So you, you get true. the best of both worlds. What are you yeah. What are you thinking about Thursday? I mean, look, Virginia's tough to play when you have two days rest. Warning. Um, I, I don't anticipate the NC State Clemson game being a blowout, so it's going to be a tough game. 
you know, all day long. And then they got to turn around and, and come back at noon the next uh, noon thirty the next game. Um, I think the key for Virginia, whether it's NC State or Clemson, assuming it's NC State, um, is honestly just keep the game close to the half. Don't let them get out into a lead where you got to work back because you know the defense is going to wear them down. Um, and plus, you know. Look, if you listen to that interview with Todd Jerome, that that dude's a killer, man. Um, anyone that kind of pushed Virginia to the limit is going to get their attention. So I, I don't have many many worries about it. I'm sure to be tighter than we like it at some point during the game, and a little avalanche will put it away. Ferber, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that there could be some tight moments, especially if it's NC State. Uh, I think Clemson. I think that UVA would probably candle them, kind of like they did in the regular season. But I think. Uh, NC State could, you know, they do some things that bother you um, on both ends of the floor, and and they probably have some confidence having played UVA once really well, um, or at least like making UVA play poorly. I, I think that UVA probably wins by like ten to twelve, and uh, and I, if honestly, a lot of these games where UVA is the one seed, uh, they, they go similarly where it's kind of close for a while in the first half, and then they end up winning by a margin that seems kind of almost like too big if you go back and look at it. I remember that Louisville game last year. It seemed close, you know, most of the way. I think Louisville might have even led at some point in the second half. Um, and they EVA won by like 15 or 17 or something. So I think it could be something like that. Uh, but I think that in the second half, they'll be able to kind of get going and pull away. All right, so we're assuming Virginia Tech and Florida State. Um, I think that's a really good matchup. I like the the wrinkle that they literally just played. I always I, that's always one of my fun one of my fun uh, little. Well, Tech also just played Miami, so they're going to play two teams potentially that they played last week. Ooh, nice nugget there, Ferber. I would not have realized that because I don't I don't know you're you're a savant. Like yeah, that. they played they played Miami on Friday. That's right, Friday night. Ew, weird. Um, so Tech. So what you're saying is is like Tech is going is going to snake through its schedule, right? So it's yeah something. Yeah, that's something. that's pretty crazy. All right, so Florida State. I don't know. I still don't know what to make of Florida State. When I watch them, they're like equal parts good and equal parts frustrating. I feel like they just jack up shots that they don't necessarily need to do, but they're also very athletic. And when when they got it going, they're like really good. I know that sounds super profound. Uh, I would expect Florida State to win that game, but I think Kerry Blackshear, the way that you know he sort of came unglued in that game, I would imagine that this matchup for him, uh, especially on short rest, would be incredibly. I mean, he's going to be the centerpiece, right? from now on for Tech, at least until Buzz takes the Texas A&M job. Uh, Dave. Wow. You really see how they did that? Um, Florida State or Tech in that game, Dave? Oh, I, mean, I mean, I'm going to pick Tech just because I, mean, I, think, I think they're a little bit better than Florida State. Um, I don't think either one of the teams is without flaw. So my fear is that whenever Florida State plays a team that likes to shoot the three, they try to match them. And that's not their strength. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm going to lean tech just because I think that's, I think that's destiny <laughs> for the semifinals. Okay. Um, no, nothing based on more than that. Cause Florida state's Florida state's really good. If they come out like playing smart basketball, they should, they should, you know, beat Virginia tech. I don't want to say handily, but they should beat them, you know, with the, with the talent they have, but I just don't trust them. Kind of like you. I, I don't quite know what to make of them. Uh, Ferber, what do you think? I think they're pretty good. I, I don't know. I mean, that game down there in, in Tallahassee last week was fun. It was a good one. Um, and I, I think that it'll be a, an interesting game. I have a weird feeling that whoever wins, and I think it's 50-50, uh, 
it's going to be like by a lopsided margin. I don't know why I get that feeling, but I just feel like either Tech comes in and you know beats them by 20 or Florida State comes out and beats Tech by 20. Uh, I'm going to lean towards Florida State, honestly, just because of the extra day off, but you know, it's it's a tough one to call because, you know, Justin Robinson's still being out, but it seems like Tech's kind of figured out how to play without him, at least to some extent. Um, I, I think that Tech is probably a little bit more dangerous in the next tournament just because of their ability to shoot the three. Um, and Kerry Blackshear's kind of like coming out party. Um, I think Florida State gets it done, uh, but my confidence level in that is pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Carolina and we would assume uh, Louisville in this game. I, I don't. I just couldn't I, – I can't imagine the Carolina not winning that game. So I, I, I would definitely take Carolina. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, the, If there was reverse, if Carolina was playing Syracuse and Duke was playing Louisville, I would probably pick uh, Syracuse to beat UNC. But I just can't – Louisville's just not a good matchup for him. Louisville's going to try to out Carolina, Carolina, and that's not good. Um like, I, I think this Carolina team is, is good, but I think they're a little overvalued. Um, I don't love them. Like, they're they're a plus team for sure. I just don't think they're an elite-level team uh, despite their record. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's just – that's what I see watching them play. But I do think, you know, Louisville's a good matchup for them, and I think Carolina with – you know, in a Carolina – you know, it's not – it won't be quite as home – just home cooking there for them as it is in Greensboro as far as the crowd, but – it won't be that far off. Um, so, yeah, I look for him to win. What do you think, Ferber? Yeah, I'm going to go with Carolina by a lot. Um, I, I just don't – I don't see Louisville – like like I said with whoever the up hit, I, I just don't see Louisville winning two games in a row, um, especially in a pro-Carolina environment. I know they won at Chapel Hill last – or the, earlier in the season, but that was like a completely different time for both of those teams. So, I think Carolina beats them pretty handily and moves on. So Syracuse, uh, we would uh, we would imagine, I, except for me, because I don't know, I just had a feeling. Whatever. Um, Syracuse gets to be the team that that gets to play uh, Duke with with Zion back. We don't know. I'm guessing Marcus Bolden not going to play, and I kind of think that's a big deal. I, I feel like we haven't, you know, he's he's out for the ACC tournament. Okay, so he's, he's out. He's so he's not going to play. I feel like that's a fairly large deal. The thing with Zion, and I, I don't remember who I saw first say it, so I, I'm not going to try to attribute it, but I'll just say that I'm not the one that came up with this, but I am the one who will talk about it now. He's go, He has not played basketball in four weeks. He's not going to be able to play max minutes three days in a row. He's going to be on some res- minute restriction. They're not going to risk the kid, right? So he he's not going to just walk in and be himself, the, the, the Zion he was. Now, maybe he'll be close, and that's part of what makes him you know, the number one pick in the upcoming NBA draft. I would expect uh, excuse me, Duke to win this game, but I don't know. I think Syracuse is actually a perfect foil for it because of the, the zone, because of the um, – they do have some some guys dribble drive that can create some problems as they did when they beat them in Cameron. Um, I'm not going to pick Syracuse, but I do think the game will be tight. I, I do think Duke eventually wins. What do you think, Ferber? Yeah, I mean, I think that Syracuse – I talked about it when UVA played them. They, they make you run your offense that you don't really want to run. Um, I think the thing that helps Duke is they can get out in transition and kind of get down there before the zone sets up. Um, and Zion is kind of a zone buster in himself. Just put him at the top of the key and have him barrel into Dolajai or whoever's down there um, and dare them to try to stop him at the rim. 
that's what I would be doing. The, the first game they, they played Syracuse and lost, they didn't have Trey Jones or Cam Reddish. When they played up in Syracuse and won, they didn't have Zion. So I think that if they get him without Bolden, that, that could hurt them a little bit with rebounding. I think Syracuse, you know, they've got some bigger guys, but uh, I don't think either Chukwu or Dolajai are like really good threats around the rim offensively. So I think that Duke will be able to handle them and win by like 15. But And we'll get to this when we do the semis, but I kind of think Zion's going to be on limited minutes throughout this tournament, uh, which is smart probably. Uh, and I think that that could impact them at some point, but I mean, we'll just have to see. I, I don't think they're going to need him that much in this game because I think they'll be able to control it. All right. So after uh, after we basically have jettisoned. Wait, Dave, did you pick? I did not. Okay. Um, do we do we have proof that Zion's playing other than uh, he warmed up the other well, day? Well, no. Case said that. Well, I mean, they, they've said that he's going to play. Okay, because uh, I missed today's news. No, no, it was nothing today. Said, yeah. Case said that I believe they it haven't, was yesterday. Yeah, they haven't announced it like officially yet, but he said that he in- he expects him to play, and he hasn't said that to this point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I'm still not convinced he's playing a lot of minutes, and I do think that matters because Bolden as, as kind of the, you know, fifth piece, fourth piece on that team, fifth piece probably. He's important, especially against a team like you know, rebounding against his own is is important, and that's one thing Bolden does. Deloria, you know, he's decent, but I think that's Bolden's strength. He fouls strength. a lot. Well, the thing, um, the, yeah, the thing about this game, if if Bolden doesn't play, which we know he's not, right? What yeah. is is Duke just going to ride with Javin Deloria? Because when you I have, think they have, because to. you can't, because you can't, Jack White. Um, <laughs> You can't. You can't. I think you just play Zion at the five. Well, that's what you have to do, right? But here's the thing: with a zone, the advantage that you would have from going small is off the table, right? It's not. It's non-existent because now. Yeah. So now you're giving up. You're going to have to play. Now you're going to play a kid who hasn't played in four weeks. You're going to play him the minutes he's going to play, and he's going to play against a seven foot two guy who's literally just there to grab garbage rebounds and and score. You know what I'm saying? Like it's actually the yeah. sort of. Per- I mean, like with the Bolden injury. That's a. I think Duke's on upset alert. I mean, I, I know. I, like I well, said, you have him playing Pitt, so stop. I'm, that's one of those things like you say and then you just move on with your more re- realistic life, right? <laughs> trying to make people forget. <laughs> you try to. Yep. You try to pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah, but but I do think Bolden being out is huge because you know having your big guy kind of stand down near the blocks and and flash every now and then is huge. And like you can put Zion in that role, but that takes him out of the you know the top, which I think is where he's more dangerous. So. You know, Delorier can do that. I just don't think he's the threat that Bolden is. People act like Bolden's some scrub. I mean, he's a top sixty you know, recruit. He, he's a good, good player. Um, so I, I don't know that it's enough to overcome to overcome the difference in talent, um, and especially with you know Syracuse having beaten Duke already this year. But you combine the absence of Bolden with I think Zion's limit minutes going to be super limited because look, they they can't win the next game if Zion gets tired or hurt. So they're going to, you know, use him sparingly and don't look, I, I don't want to be like, you know, tinfoil guy, but there's a lot more pressure on Caden to keep Zion healthy than, than just keeping Zion. healthy. That's a really right? like, good point. I'd agree with um, that. Yep. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you, you go get the number one pick hurt because you want to play him 30 minutes yep. against Syracuse in the quarterfinals, then you probably don't get that number one pick the following, yeah, that, following year. If they don't that's change a, it. That's a good point. I, mean, I think yeah, so I, I do think Shashevsky is at a point now where um, it it wouldn't it wouldn't just be one guy, but it's definitely not the you, it's just something you don't want to do. You know, it's just not yeah, it's not a good look. Definitely. All right, I still think Duke wins, but I think it's going to be a really good game. 
I agree with that. And like I said, if they shoot the ball terribly from the outside against the zone, I mean, they could be in trouble too. Yeah. But I just, I just don't, I don't think Syracuse is very good. So I, I just don't see them winning two games in a row. I'm just really glad that that's not the game right after UVA plays. That's all I'm going to say. Um, all right. Semifinals, Virginia, Virginia Tech uh, seem to be the consensus among us. Um, I, I really, I mean, I think Tech, Tech th- threw some, some wrinkles out. Um, I just can't see Tech winning that game um, for a couple of reasons. One, you know, Justin Robinson not back. Um, not that Virginia didn't pummel him when he was there, but that's that would be their third game in three days. I, I just can't see Tech beating UVA given that uh, that edge. And I, I know we're we're talking a lot about, but I mean, if you look at the numbers, it is very rare for a team on that at that part of the bracket to 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 basically play its way into a higher seed if that makes any sense right like that advantage is a huge advantage um and i don't think tech is built right now to be able to overcome it what do you think dave um yeah i mean tech's gonna be you know more tired legs you know gets virginia team's gonna be somewhat tired but you know two days versus three um i mean i think tech will have the crowd advantage because you know duke and carolina want virginia to lose if possible for sure um but I just don't. I don't see it, I man. As a Virginia fan, you know, it's going to probably be uncomfortable, an uncomfortable game, and I don't think Virginia will run them out. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I expect, I expect to get them done. Um, it'll be probably the most nerve-wracking game of the tournament for me. <laughs> of course, it will be. What do you think, Ferber? Yeah, of course. Well, I have UVA playing Florida State, so. <laughs> Um, don't you know you have to conform to us okay yeah no that's fine i, I will conform uh I, I agree with everything you guys said i think it would be really tough for tech to win three games in three days when your bench guys haven't really played in spots like this very much um th- there are a lot of younger guys and and i think uva handled them in the first game and they held their own in the second game in a tough spot road environment um i, I think that they'd be able to get them in, in a semifinal third matchup but, uh, you know, you never know. I think that Tech would be juiced up for that game. But I think that, you know, three games in three days against the pack line is a recipe for disaster for most teams, especially a team in their position. Um, so, yeah, I think that UVA would be able to get that done. And if they do play Florida State, I think that could be a tougher game. But UVA handled them in the regular season meeting. So I don't really know if there's any residual, you know, carryover from that game because it was so long ago. But yeah, and I think that I think that those guys like the guards that they have, they're great great athletes but they struggle against the pack line because they just they can't really penetrate and they don't they aren't the best shooting team so it's kind of like you're stuck in no man's land right and, and then that's but i mean the thing about that first floor state terrence mann and kofer were both hurt right weren't they both banged up to some degree so they played I but believe, yeah but no, no they played but they just weren't themselves yeah. i'm just curious right. to see what it would look like all right second and cabin gelly did like nothing that's that true game. he was he was pretty much a non-factor so we're assuming Carolina and Duke in the uh, semifinals. I would expect Carolina to win that game. Um, even if Zion's able to play, I, I just think Carolina – I'm not going to say they're going to blow them out or anything, but without Bolden, um, sort of – given the, the sort of uh, situation, and I, I just don't think – I just don't think Duke can be enough of itself without Zion at full strength if you're going to not have Bolden. And so I'm going to go with Carolina to win that one. What do you think, Ferber? Yeah, me too. Uh, I, like I said, I think Zion unlimited minutes. I think this is where it would really come back to haunt them. And I think it could be a, set, a spot where if Carolina gets a big lead, you know, up 15 or something, they just kind of sit him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I think Carolina's playing well right now. 
I'm kind of with Dave in the fact that I don't know if they're quite on the level of like the teams a tier above them. Uh, but I think that they can play up to that level. I just don't know if they're consistently going to play right. up to that level. Right. Um, I think that they would get this done. I mean, obviously the caveat being if Zion comes back, plays 40 minutes, is it just as good as he was in the regular season, then it's going to be hard for anybody to beat them. But And especially with the fact that they lost to him twice, and Duke's going to want to win that one. But I, I just think that you know, Carolina's going to be clicking, and Duke is still kind of trying to figure out what, what they are with Zion coming back and bolding out. And I'm just going to go with the safer bet and have a very chalky final. Yeah. What do you think, Dave? I mean, that one's tough. Like, I mean, there's a part of me that thinks Duke's biggest hurdle is Syracuse. Like, I mean, I think the way Carolina plays, even with Zion has limited minutes, I think I think Duke can play into that a little better. Um you have to remember when they lost to him at Cameron, you know, Zion got hurt early in the game, so they they had no game plan for it. Um, at Carolina, you know, hostile environment. And, and Duke was in that game for, you know, most of it. So, I don't know. I, I think Duke's Duke can out Carolina, Carolina, even with Zion with limited minutes. I think the Bolden injury is less of a factor in that game. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd pick Duke to win it. I mean, we'll, I'll have to settle with the consensus, consensus on the final, but. Yeah, I, I just I, I think Duke gets it done, even though and it's not because it's hard to beat a team three times. We know it's not. Um, it's just I think Duke is is going to get that one because I don't like I'm just not fully bought into Carolina. That's understandable. You're allowed to you're allowed to be wrong. Um, all right, Carolina Virginia in our chalky as Ferber phrase it championship game eight thirty p.m. ESPN Saturday night. I. I I keep thinking about last Raycom game too. rest in peace. Raycom JP. Um, I keep thinking about um, Nas little getting hurt in that game in Chapel Hill. And then Cam Johnson turning his ankle and what that meant for what was otherwise a tight game. That's not, I'm not trying to talk myself into not picking Virginia. I, I still think Virginia is the better team. I think that given the conditions three days, I, I think that this is a perfect opportunity for Carolina to be even more, to fall into Virginia's style of play even more. And I wonder after playing Duke, beating Duke in, in this scenario, right, what that what that feels like for them when you're when you have to go up against Virginia's style for the third game in three days. Um I just I, I just think that's too much of an ask. And I think Carolina has a good team. Um and I and like I said, I, I think that they are uh, a pretty good squad and I think at full strength uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a task for UVA, but I still think Virginia's better, and I would have Virginia winning it uh, by four or five. What do you think? Uh, let's go back to Dave. Yeah, I mean, if they're playing Carolina, I agree. I mean, the guy, I think Virginia's just good, and I think they're focused, and I think Carolina presents presents some challenges. I mean, they shoot the three pretty well, um, but and maybe Luke Mays finally has a good game against Virginia. Um, and he's kind of. It's not Daniel Jones bad against Virginia, but, you know, <laughs> but he struggles off, against, yeah. you know, it's not. Um, and, but I think he's such an important piece for them. And, but he's, so yeah, I mean, I think Virginia wins in, in a fun game. Um, you know, a couple of possessions at the end, you know, probably, probably separates it. It probably comes down to free throws at some point, but I think Virginia cuts down the nets again if they're playing Carolina. And I think they do it if they're playing Duke, but whatever. <laughs> All right, Ferber, <laughs> take us home. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that UVA's had a lot of success. I mean, they've played a lot of tight games with Carolina, but they've beaten them a lot with this specific group of Carolina players. Um, 
Luke May does not normally play well against UVA. I think that that is really, you know, hurts them. Uh, and I don't think that, I mean, I thought they did a pretty good job on Kobe White at times in the first meeting, kind of gave him some trouble here and there. Uh, the other guys, Cam Johnson, obviously, he kind of left the game and came back or whatever. But I, I think that, yeah, it'd be another tight game just like last year's final. And I think it would be the third final they've played against each other in four years uh, if that would come to pass, which is pretty crazy. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about, like, you know, I wrote that thing about UVA and Duke kind of becoming a rivalry. UVA and Carolina is really becoming something. I mean, I know that a lot of the old guard yeah, fans kind of consider yeah. them a rival, but I don't think Carolina feels that way no. about basketball anyway. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it would be a, a tight game. I, I'm not going to pick against UVA in that game just because I don't really have a reason to, uh, Carolina's playing well, but, and I wouldn't be totally surprised if they won the game, but I think that UVA can play better than they did. They had that weird stretch in Chapel Hill where they got really clunky with the basketball. And that's kind of what led to Carolina getting back in the game and eventually taking the lead. So I think that if they can just play a clean game, they would win it. Um, if it's a Carolina Virginia final again, um, I pray for my sister's uh, liver because um, she she of the Carolina in laws and you know one of her kids is a huge Carolina fan and so um, and I know she listens to the pod so I figured I'd toss that in there just because it, it it's going to be torture for her and her um, superstitious self. Um, but I think that's a I think that's a fair kind of idea. Like a lot of times these tournaments they are very chalky. You get some upsets early, but then it sort of settles down. It's a lot like the NCAA tournament. Just yeah, a, a there's always like one team that is like, oh, the seven seeds in the semis. You know, like yeah. but it's never like three of them. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, and this year with the ACC being so weak on the bottom, like it's hard. Like I wanted to talk myself into that. It's just hard to find the way the matchups fall. It's just hard to see a team. Yeah, yeah the bottom and I don't really – I don't even believe in Syracuse and Louisville that much. So, like, I mean, those teams are dangerous in one-game scenarios, I guess, but I don't really buy it. Syracuse will win, like, three games in the NCAA tournament somehow, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. they'll be Sweet 16 for sure. Right. But I think if you were looking for a team, like, down the line that was dangerous, I think it would be NC State, like, it's like coming out of nowhere and, like, beating UVA. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just, I mean, I just think that they have a, a talented, dangerous group of players, right. but I don't necessarily know if they can be consistent enough to get it done. Right. And then maybe Virginia Tech puts something together, but other than that, I don't think anything would really be an upset if any of the top four, especially the top three, won it. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I haven't said this in a, a long time. I think that's a good place to put a pin in it. Um, we've done. Let's see. What are we at? Where are we at? Like now, like forty-six minutes and change. Um, that's like almost two hours worth of podcasting in two days. So I think uh, I think we've gotten our money's worth um, out of this. Uh, if you are someone who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your shows, give us a rating or a review. It helps to get us out in front of more people, and we very much appreciate it. If you are someone who has found the podcast um, but you haven't given us a look at the site, check us out, calfscorner.com. Right now you can read my, my column on the offseason, the big three, and why the vibe is so different right now. Um, I was in Charlottesville today for media availability, so you can check out my notes from Tony Bennett's press conference. He was really, he was really uh, kind of engaging and, and open today. Didn't seem uh, seem like he was not necessarily hating us media folks as much as he might normally. Uh, I got some video up on the site of Jack Salt talking about getting back to to Charlotte for the first time since that uh, loss to UMBC, what it takes to win the ACC tournament, and what Senior Day was like um, for him. Uh, as you listen to this, we'll have some video up later today of Jay Huff talking about his return to Charlotte because if you remember. That's when he got hurt, ripped up his shoulder the night before the UMBC game, and 
how that messed with his off season and, and how, you know, how he feels he's developed this year. And, um, and if you haven't heard the aforementioned uh, episode 300 of the podcast, give it a look as well. Um, we celebrated the milestone. We told some stories and we had a great interview with, uh, with Ty Jerome. So again, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time. As always, I very much appreciate it. So for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.